You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, which is what today is all about. This is Destination Health. My co-host, Kim Cocker. Kim is with me. And we'll take your calls today and answer your questions about everything health. We're, uh, we've been lied to for decades and it's killing us. And Kim and I are here to help you find your destination to health. We can talk about food, nutrition, training, diet, exercise, disease, drugs, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. And we're going to get to those calls here in just a couple minutes. Kim, it's that time of the week. Welcome back. Hi, Kevin. Glad to be here. Well, great to have you here. We uh, we just got back from a, a whirlwind road trip. We left uh, Portland, made it to uh, Louisville in under two days, and then did uh, the seven seminars in three days, and then less than two days back. Quite the trip, so still recovering. That is awesome. Yeah, so I said, you guys redefined what a road trip is. That was incredible. Yeah, the only time the wheel stopped was to get fuel, and that was three times in each direction. So other than that, the wheels were turning. I guess we did stop on Sunday to do the show from the road. So uh, it was it was good. Uh, it was a good show. It was good for um, Aaron and I and Rich to spend that much time together, 80 hours in that uh, – little coach you got plenty of ideas thrown out and some work done so we're excited the uh, truck show was busy busier than i've seen it in a couple years so that was good we had great turnout at our seminars Um, unfortunately health seminar was probably the least well attended but it was they somehow didn't get any description up on the program or all the signs all Mm -hmm. it said was let's truck or Sirius XM oh, or something. yeah, it didn't say what the seminar was about. So oh, we had yeah. a pretty decent crowd in there. Really, really good questions though. So we ended up doing a smaller session. I did answered a lot of questions, so it went well. Um, today, you know what I think I want to talk about today because I, I I'm seeing this more and more. Um, me personally, when I'm at places, when I was at the truck show. Um, us as a company, we get more and more of this emails and messages and people are still thinking in that old medical model and the old medical model kind of says, you know, do whatever you want, live however you want. And, you know, when you have a problem, come to us, we'll figure out what the problem is and we'll give you a drug. You know, if you have a symptom, we have a drug that that's the old model. The, the, but it just doesn't work, though. But it, and I don't want to carry that into nutritional therapy. But people will come and say, 
um, I have this or my daughter has that or my brother-in-law has this and they'll name a symptom. You know, he's constipated all the time or he's got a sore elbow or, you know, his hair's falling out or whatever the symptom might be. And they want to know what they can do to solve that problem. And that's really just not the way we work. It's not the way nutritional therapy works. So no matter what symptom somebody comes to me with, I have the same answer. Clean up your diet and start there. Because until we clean up the diet, nothing is going to matter. You know, I saw a quote the other day. It said, um, without a proper diet, medicine is ineffective. And with a proper diet, medicine is unnecessary which was kind of interesting yeah. because basically what it's saying is we should never take medicine. If you don't have a good diet, it's not going to work anyway. And if you do have a right. good diet, it's not necessary. And that's really what I want people to start understanding is it, it's easy to get overwhelmed with conflicting advice. There's so much conflicting advice when it comes to health and nutrition and there seems to be so much proof no matter which point somebody's trying to defend. No matter what you believe. If you believe low fat is excellent, then you can go find a study that will prove it. If you believe veg vegan is the healthiest way to eat, then you can find a study to prove it. So just because somebody has studies, and we do too. I mean, if, if I'm trying to prove my point about fat, I have studies and books. And So if everybody has proof, then who's really right? And it can get so overwhelming and so confusing. And there's so much money out there being spent to get you to eat wrong. That's where all the money is. All the money in marketing food is the food that you shouldn't be eating. The good food, there isn't enough profit in it to really go out there and market the way the big food manufacturers can market. So it's no wonder we have a lot of people that are sick, that are overweight. We have a lot of diseases and people are confused and they don't know what to do. And I would say that rather than try to figure out who to listen to or who's right or who's wrong, how could we go wrong? Let, let's just be logical. How could we go wrong if we just ate real food? If we just mm -hmm. ate whole, real food. So if you're in that position, if you have this symptom, this disease, this condition, don't think that there's some drug or supplement or food that's going to fix it. Um, turmeric is wonderful in, for inflammation, but if you are chronically inflamed, turmeric is not going to help. So, yes, there's lots of proof that certain foods and certain nutrients can fix certain things, but that's in the presence of a clean diet. If our diet's a wreck, our digestion's wrong, our blood sugar handling is all screwed up, our minerals are out of balance, our adrenals are fatigued, then forget it. There's no superfood on the planet that's going to fix that. There's no drug. There's no supplement. You've got to get the diet right first. So what I people to realize is if you're out there looking, whether you're coming to us or coming, you're going to go to somebody else, whoever it is, the one thing that you can absolutely do yourself is start eating real food. You know, we, we talked about our steps to being in ketosis, and many of those steps are the same as just cleaning up your diet. So we first talk about stop drinking your calories. You know, there's no reason to be drinking anything with sugar in it. 
or artificial sweeteners. So drink water, coffee, tea, use natural sweeteners if you have to. That's step number one. Two, eliminate all grains. And really, once you do those two steps, no added sugars, no added grains, you've probably eliminated about 99% of processed food anyway. And, okay. and then the next okay. step would be don't eat anything with a label. You know, really seek out real food. Meat, a pork chop does not have a label. A head of broccoli does not have a label. A tomato doesn't have a label or an ingredient list. And it's the one thing you can do yourself. And I don't think anybody could possibly argue that that would be the wrong thing to do. And don't worry too much about your macronutrient balance even. Because if you're eating whole real food with no added sugars and no added grains, you're probably going to have a good macronutrient balance anyway. I mean, the worst you could probably do is eat too much fruit. But even then, I'd rather see somebody eat way too much fruit than eat all the processed food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's really kind of the message today is if you're overwhelmed, if you're confused, if you're not sure who to listen to because the person saying you should be eating whole grain sounds right, you know, think about what food we would eat. And, and this is really, it comes back to the paleo concept, but I don't even want to use that word right now. Um, I, I just want people to think about eating real food no matter what your symptoms are, no matter what your problems are. And I'm not guaranteeing that we'll fix everything because you may need to things as well, but it's a good start. No matter who you Mm -hmm. go seeking Mm -hmm. help from, whether it's a chiropractor or even a traditional doctor or an NTP, whoever it might be, if you already start by really cleaning up your diet and eating real food, you're going to be way ahead of the game because isn't that the first thing we have to get everybody to do before we do anything else? We have to work with them on their diet. Yeah, absolutely. When they call, when they call, they, um, I'm not going there. Um, when they, you know, after getting nutrition results and stuff like that, you know, like asking the very first question I ask is their diet. And I will ask that grains question mark, sugar question mark, because we know how powerful those are. So any supplement we have won't make a difference if that isn't shifted. And it's not a short-term thing. Like when you said that, just eat whole foods. We're talking, you know, shifting your lifestyle and and embracing it. Forever. Yeah, we're talking Mm -hmm. forever. That's the kind of food we always should have been eating. It's the food we evolved on for many, many, many generations. And it's the food we need to get back to eating right now. We're going to get to a break. We'll come right back to your calls in just a couple minutes. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We're talking about uh, not not getting so wrapped up in all the hype and all the different opinions about you know nutritional advice and medical advice and just using a little common sense and going back to eating whole real food. I don't think anybody could argue with that. And don't worry too much about all the details. The more often you're eating real food, the better off you're going to be. And Kim, we, we see that we can solve about 80 to 90% of the problems with just diet alone, just cleaning it up, eating good real food. And then that last sometimes 10% is where sometimes you may even have to find somebody who specializes in something. And, you know, you and I, I I kind of compare it to on the truck side. You know, I I can answer about 90% of the questions I get, whether they're mechanical or alignment or electrical. Then there's always that 10% that you need somebody who is out there that specializes in something. Like if it's alignments and tires, I go to Mike Beckett. He's doing it every day. He's been doing it for decades. He knows all those little nuances. And sometimes that's the same case. If we're working with somebody and maybe we identify that there's a thyroid issue. Um, most of the time we can figure it out, work through it, but every now and then you get a really tricky case. And the interesting thing is you're finding a lot of NTPs that specialize in certain areas. And many times it's because they suffered from that problem. Um, mm-hmm. and they had that motivation to go out and figure it out because the traditional medical advice wasn't working for them. And, and you know, when, when something is happening to you personally, you have a lot of motivation to go figure it out. And many times that's what you find is that we, we have NTPs that we may go to because they specialize in thyroid or adrenals. So when you get one of those really tricky cases, you know, that experience sometimes helps. But for the most part, I just want people to, to not, get too crazy about this. It seems like every day I see more and more um, arguments. You know, I was just listening to a show on this channel and um, there's another host that slams the keto diet every chance they get. And the problem, yeah. And, and the problem is the statements they make are just ignorant. Like, you know, they, they talk Mm -hmm. a lot about keto diet and kidney disease. There is absolutely zero correlation between a ketogenic diet and anything with the kidneys. There's no correlation whatsoever, positive or negative. It has very little effect on the kidneys. If anything, it will strengthen them. But really, there's almost nothing. You read all the literature. What has happened, though, is there is a specific kidney disease that if you have that kidney disease, your body mm-hmm. does not handle protein well. So if you have mm-hmm. that kidney, yeah. you go on a very low protein diet. But there's two problems with that. One, that kidney disease is pretty rare. So we should only be talking to people who are known to have that disease if we're saying that. But then the other problem is, the ketogenic diet is not a high protein diet at all. In fact, right, when we right. put somebody on a ketogenic diet, we probably reduce their protein intake over the standard American diet. 
So if you look at the standard American diet, it's obviously very high in carbohydrates. That's our big problem. But it's also really high in protein. Look at the way we tend to eat. We tend to make the protein the center of the plate. We eat a 16-ounce ribeye with a baked potato and a, and, and a little pile of vegetables when it should be the opposite. It should be a four ounce, maybe at most a Mm -hmm. six ounce Mm -hmm. fatty cut of meat, no potato, and the rest of the plate should be vegetables. That's the way you should eat in ketosis with a lot of fat on both the meat and the vegetables, butter, you know, sauces, whatever it might be. So, you know, it's one thing to have an opinion it's another to totally get the facts wrong. But if you're listening to somebody and they're on the radio, well, you think, well, they must know what they're talking about. So it's just, um, I just want to tell people, take some responsibility, do some reading. But if you're confused, just eat real food. Am I echoing there, Kevin? I'm not sure if you can hear me echoing. No, um, you sound good up. Okay, good. Um, you know, we just got through like uh, we had our, our midterm break last last week, and uh, you know, wrapping up the first part of it. And um, I was really reading a lot more on some of the protocols and so forth they did. And you know, they spell out. You know, we work with the highway people for like thirty days, and it does stretch out into forty and fifty sometimes. But um, they say, you know, the initial um, you know focus that you're doing is two to three months. You know, and and that kind of stuck out for me because, you know, sometimes we, I, you know, we think 30 days is something we want to see results, but, um, you know, stick with something. And, and especially with the diet part and that we talked, it is a lifestyle. It's not short term. We'll shift and find what works for you and stuff. But, um, you know, we're so used to wanting those quick fixes for things and um, just be patient and, and kind of enjoy the process because it's empowering. You know, each day you're doing the work to be better than yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And and that, you know, you make a good point. Have fun with it. Don't get too worked up about this. Like I say, it's getting more and more confusing because everybody has their opinion, including us. Everybody has their proof, their studies, including us. And I don't expect anybody to believe me or trust me any more than the next guy they hear somewhere else. Um, you know, that that's really what I can say. Try it. Give it some time. You know, I tried the vegetarian thing because it sounded like it really made sense. Vegetables are really good for you. If you eat a lot of vegetables, you should be healthier. Uh, and I tried it and I gave it a lot of time, a couple of years, actually. Um, but the longer I did it, the worse I felt. And I realized at some point something was wrong with that diet. And honestly, if I were ever and I'm not going to, but if I were to go back to being a vegetarian, I would do it very differently. And I think if you do it right, you probably could be pretty healthy as a paleo keto vegetarian. But you have to work really hard at it. You have to you have to know how to combine foods to get the right proteins. It's harder to get, you know, all the good fats. But whatever you do, eat whole real food, give it some time. And I think you'll see that that's going to solve most of your problems. I also see that we've got a, uh, a question. Herschel has his mom listening for the first time today. Hey, Herschel's mom. Great to have you here. 
uh, and he wants us to explain what the NutriQ does. And I love explaining this because I love the NutriQ. Um, you know, I, I brag all the time about the, uh, the NTA, the Nutritional Therapy Association, and their program. I absolutely love their program. It, it's, it works so well, and it's so satisfying to see the process work. And Kim, you and I do this all the time. We get the NutriQ. We look it over. We make the recommendations. People make the changes, and things start working right. And it's so satisfying to see that happen. So the NutriQ is our way of gathering the information we need to figure out what systems in your body are not working properly. And the NutriQ focuses primarily on what we call the foundations. We believe as, as nutritional therapists that if you address the foundations and fix them, that most everything else is probably going to fix itself. And if it doesn't, then you can go target that item. So the, the, the real foundation behind all of this is the diet, is what we've been talking about the whole time, eating real food. That's the first foundation. And when you start eating real food, a lot of things get better. Um, then we have the foundation of digestion, of sugar handling, of mineral balance, hydration, all of those things. When we start working to get those right, then things that we think of that are chronic diseases can actually go away. The big one is diabetes. I mean, we see that over and mm -hmm. over and over. Um, I think most of us have lived our whole lives believing if you had diabetes, that was it, you had it. And all you could do was manage it. And that's absolutely not true. We see people every single day curing. I, I don't even want to say curing because I don't think diabetes is a, is a disease. I think it's a condition. Um, it, it, there's no germ that starts it. There's no uh, gene. It's not genetic. It's like I said, there's no germ or bacteria. It, it's a condition of your body, not really a disease. Now, it can cause disease. If diabetes goes unchecked, then it can cause heart disease. It can cause Alzheimer's. But in and of itself, I don't know that it's even right to call diabetes a disease. Type 1, I would. But type 2, it's just a condition. There's too much sugar in your body. And if we get rid of it through diet, then the condition goes away and it doesn't exist anymore. So the NutriQ helps us as practitioners prioritize what systems in your body aren't working properly and gives us a direction on how to start correcting them. So when we get back, we're going to get right to your calls and questions. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 
This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Kim, what do you say we get to some calls and questions? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Let's start off in Tennessee. Carl, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin and Kim. Hi, Carl. What's on your mind today? Wonder, well, I was wondering if you could take a look at my NutriQ and my uh, food log that I send in and give me your opinion. We can. Kim, what do you think? I'm definitely, you know, Carl and I, you know, Carl's been working this for a long time. And that's why I had him send his, uh, food journal, his food journal to us. So um, we talked about a couple things for him to do. Um, you know, he, the number one thing I think, Carl, you say, you know, you, one meal a day and then you graze all day a little bit. So I personally think, you know, when we see people that are having challenges become stalled, there are certain things that we find them doing. And a lot of it's that mindless eating. Um, so I think on the diet side, some of the just more um, oh, focused focus and mindful eating and watch there. And I know we talked a lot about getting more water in, um, but you have a lot of things right. And I think it's just the, you know, tweaking, tweaking the rest there to be very focused, you know, very focused um, for, you know, we say 30 days, but so it helps with, you know, to help you just tighten it up a bit and then, and see how you're doing. Yeah. I would yeah. say the, the, the biggest thing I'm seeing is, possibly a little bit of SIBO going on. Um, we may want to address oh, that. You if you're... Okay. You were looking What's at that? some burden graphs. You were looking at burden graphs. Well, no, I, I, I wanted you to, what you addressed was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. And then I jumped into the symptom burden graph to kind of, um, and to go back to the question from Herschel about the NutriQ, this is what the NutriQ and our whole onboarding process. So we have a, if, if you're in a program with us, we have a whole onboarding process. So we do food journals, we do interviews, we ask a lot of questions, do the NutriQ. Um, if you're doing the free NutriQ, then that's the one tool that we use. So it, it, that we have a lot of different ways when we're working one-on-one -on -one with somebody to gather that information. But what you just talked about is perfect. We looked at the food journal first. And that's what you just addressed first, because we always start with diet. Um, and then we can go to the NutriQ. And it's amazing how many times we can look at the food journal and look at the interview questions. And I can almost predict mm -hmm. what the NutriQ is going to look like. You know from their diet what kind of issues they're going to be facing. Um, Carl, a couple things I see. We have some small intestine issues going on, which tends to be uh, SIBO. Um, I don't think it's probably too bad, uh, but it's something we would want to keep an eye out on as we go forward. One of the things about SIBO is when we treat other digestive conditions, you have to be careful you don't make SIBO worse. Like we always want to give probiotics and we always recommend fermented foods and probiotic foods, but there are times when that can cause problems in the small intestine. And um, Kim just um, mentioned to me on chat that you're getting a lot of dairy. Dairy can cause SIBO. Um, people don't tolerate dairy well sometimes. Um, that may be what we're seeing in the small intestines. We, you may not have to eliminate dairy, 
but you may want to back it down some and you may want to look for sources of dairy that you tolerate better. Um, like I love ice cream, but I have to be really careful with ice cream. I could overdo and it, for me, it tends to be heavy cream. So whether it's ice cream or whipped cream or things like that, I can eat a little bit here and there. If I overdo it, I'm going to feel it. On the other hand, um, raw milk cheese, I can eat as much as I want. Doesn't bother me at all. Um, raw milk, I'm fine with. Goat's milk, I'm good with. Um, so you don't have to eliminate dairy, but you might want to just back it down a little bit and try some other forms. The, the big thing, the one you scored kind of off the charts on essential fatty acids. So we, we probably need to supplement with the um, Biomega-3. When we see, we were using the um, optimal EFAs, but when somebody's kind of off the charts on this, we find out that the Biomega-3 works better. Um, other than that, like Kim said, you really seem to be doing well on a lot of things. You scored pretty well on sugar handling. Um, adrenal, pituitary, thyroid, kind of middle of the road, not off the charts. So I think that you're, you're off to a good start with a little bit of tweaking. We can see even more improvements. Are there specific areas that you're looking to improve in? Well, since I've gone ketogenic and cleaned my diet up, I feel just a thousand times better. Good. That I'm not I'm I'm not getting any weight off. I'm not I'm not losing any weight. And that's where my concern is. We we may want to address the adrenals and the fatty acids then. Even though you're really not off the charts, um, it certainly would help to have a little adrenal support. Um, the fatty acid balance, certainly we need to address. And then I think Kim's on the right track. I think you've got to be careful with the grazing, especially drivers. And, and I just experienced this again, being on the road for 80 hours. Um, I found it really easy to over snack. And I don't do that when yeah. I'm home. So I, I would say for drivers, that's one thing we really have to watch. I would rather see you add more calories to your meals, eat bigger meals, get more fat, um, rather than kind of do that snacking and grazing. Uh, again, I, I just realized when I was driving that I would eat even though I wasn't really hungry. And when I'm home and I'm yeah. busy, I don't do that. Yeah, so, something I noticed is when I started my food log, I immediately cut back on how much I was grazing. Good. Because I was having yeah. because I was having to write it down. <laughs> yeah. You were aware so, of it. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and so keeping that food log made a definite improvement there. Yeah. And awesome. you know, I I got some of your new beef sticks and love them. But I have I have to hide those and my monkey brittle under the sleeper, or I just eat on them all day. Oh yeah, I yeah, the you know I I have mixed feelings about the monkey brittle. I love that stuff, and <laughs> I I think so, that should be a controlled substance. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
I, I think we need to, uh, you know, ration out the monkey brittle. It's so clean. The ingredients are so good. The nuts are soaked and sprouted. I mean, I love the product, but it's one of those that you do have to be careful. It tastes so good. It's easy to overeat that one. So I limit myself to a quarter of a bag at a time. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and Carl, another thing um, I found that works for me, and I try to share it when we talk with our highway people as well. Um, and this other little strategy is, you know, think your day out ahead of time, so you don't get to that hunger point and then you grab anything. But if you think out your day ahead of time, kind of know what you have with you, how you can make your meals. And you might, I might switch. You know, like a lot of times I'll plan a salad and something for lunch, but when I get to mm-hmm. lunch time, I want something warm. But I just. I just have it kind of thought out a little bit just so that um, I'm, I'm not all over the place. And, and it's just, again, another little strategy you can try and see if it works or not. Um, same thing with logging. You know, we, we don't feel like we want to log food all the time, but sometimes we have to back up um, depending on our goals and stuff and just, you know, do it again. It's, it's kind of, I think it's empowering. I really, I really like it because then it's checked done. I've got my day planned out and um, on to the next. So I, I think, Carl, I think we've identified some things that I, I would give this strategy about 30 days. If if the food logging, you know, I, I don't want people to obsess over food and write everything down the rest of their life. But I think you've identified that for now, writing down the food helps you not mindlessly snack. So I would say for 30 days, why don't we keep doing that? Why don't we keep having you write down what you're eating every day so you kind of get the snacking under control, eat maybe bigger meals, more nutrient-dense meals, add more fat. Fat is always good, and it helps our appetite. And I, I think if we address the essential fatty acid balance with the Biomega-3 and maybe an ADB-5 for the adrenals, And let's give that 30 days and let's see what happens. Because the good news is we know this is working. You said you felt a thousand times better. Now we just need to maybe tweak things to see why the the weight loss isn't working as fast. But honestly, I'd love the fact that you're feeling better. I think that's a great sign. The weight will happen once we get everything tweaked, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. I think we're on the right track, though. I think we have a good 30-day plan. Let's work that and then uh, get back together in 30 days and see what happens. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. All right, so we're heading into the fourth segment. We are going to come back and do a second hour, and it's even possible today we might do a third hour. So uh, hang with us. We're going to keep going. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let's Truck.com. We're down to the final segment. 
I'm going to get right back to some phone calls. We are going to head off to Arizona. George, welcome to the program. Kevin, good morning. Well, I'm glad you made it back okay. Um, greetings from the land of free range, grass-fed, and gluten-free burrows. <laughs> All um, right. There we go. Got a, a, yeah, got a quick keto update. Been on it since about October of the uh, year before last, about, about 18 months. I'm down 85 pounds. Wow! I'm 50, That's awesome. I'm 50 years. I'm 50 years old. I weighed 30 pounds less than I did my senior year of high school. That is awesome! Holy cow! Oh man, like you wouldn't believe. Anyways, uh, got a quick question: Is there a nexus between uh, avocados and night vision? Um. If anything, avocados would help improve night vision. It, again, I don't like to yeah. make a big deal about, you know, this food fixes this problem, but that is true. If we have a nutritional deficiency and almost any, almost any health problem we have, we'll, we'll always come back to either a nut nutritional deficiency or we're overdoing something. We're eating too much sugar, too many carbohydrates, too much whatever. Uh, but more than likely, it's a deficiency, um, and avocados have a lot of things in them that would be good for your eyes. Okay, well, that's that's. I just kind of noticed an improvement when I, you know, when I have them in my in my dietary intake. I was just curious if that was it, or if I was just imagining things. Oh and, no, you know, uh, um, uh, the. Both, you know, avocados have a lot of uh, carotenoids. Um, avocados are very high in lutein. Um, lutein is really good for your eyes. The fat in avocados is actually good for your eyes. So there are a lot of nutrients in avocados that would be good for your vision. Well, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing, then. All right. Let me ask one more thing, too, because there's one other food that people don't associate with vision, but it's like, you know, we've always been told carrots, right? Carrots will make your eyesight better yeah. and you never see you never see bunnies wearing glasses. So we know that must be true. Um, really, though, that's because of vitamin A is really good for your eyes. Your eyes need a lot of vitamin A. The interesting thing, though, is carrots have almost no vitamin A. They have beta carotene that our body has to convert to vitamin A, and it doesn't even do a very good job of it. So even though we've always heard carrots are really good for your eyes, they're okay, but a much better food is liver. Liver is off the charts with true vitamin A, not beta carotene. Our body doesn't have to convert it to anything. It's already vitamin A. So Many times when people go keto or whole food or paleo and they, you know, we always talk about organ meats. If you add liver to your diet, you'll see some real improvements in vision. Yeah, just try to get that past my wife into the house. So um, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> anyways, uh, get two other things. Uh, blood pressure my cousin just called me lost his medical card because of blood pressure now he managed to go back and talk him into not using the machine doing it by hand and he just barely squeaked in and he got it but now it's got his attention he might be on the call i texted the the number to him this morning um, okay hi david if you're there 
Um, is is there a blood pressure key, uh, um, protocol? I didn't see one on the website the other day. No, I don't um, think we've I, written a specific blood pressure protocol. I think we're going to do that. But the other thing I want to let people know, blood pressure seems to be one of the things that takes considerably longer to affect. We do know that a good paleo keto diet will improve blood pressure. It seems to happen every time. Um, there are some supplements we can throw in that help. Um, I would recommend the berberine for one is a, a good one to get started with. Um, adding foods like cinnamon and, you know, you can look up foods. There are a bunch of foods. But again, if you don't clean up the diet and all you try to do is add those foods, you're probably not going to see any results. Um, raw cacao really good for lowering okay. blood pressure because of the mineral balance. So if, if you go a good strict paleo or keto diet, add the raw cacao, add the berberine, add cinnamon and turmeric and give it time. Um, I saw that even after almost two years on keto, my blood pressure was still coming down. And we see it in two, two years might even be kind of that sweet spot because mine got down. It's not going to go any lower. Mine tends to run about 110 over 70 now. Uh, but it took two years to get down there. Um, right. We can make some right. early improvements just by cleaning up the diet. But to get it to that optimal level once it's been high does seem to take some time. The other thing we do know for sure is that lifestyle plays a big role in this. When we can get people to ratchet down the anxiety, ratchet down the stress, do some meditation, some yoga, walking even, um, those things will really improve blood pressure as well. Mm-hmm. We just had a okay. dear listener that, George, the exact same thing, had to come actually come off the road um, for a couple of weeks and really realized what, you know, there's stress, especially you guys out there, you know, um, coming at us from all different directions. And some things we're just so used to it. We're like desensitized and it takes a conscious effort to find moments to, you know, like Kevin talks about, you know, the deep breathing. And it, you think that that isn't that big a deal, but it truly, truly is. So um, that yeah. has to move up on the priority as well as good sleep. The All other right, thing I would, you just said, if I were going to put reading, somebody that... on a keto diet for high blood pressure, I would substitute bulletproof hot chocolate for the bulletproof coffee. I, I would make exclusively bulletproof hot chocolate because the caffeine can tend to raise blood pressure and the pure cocoa tends to lower it. So if we get rid of the caffeine and make bulletproof hot chocolate, Getting rid of the caffeine is going to help, and adding more of the good uh, raw cacao is going to help. Okay. Now, uh, Kim, you just said deep breathing. Would that go mm-hmm. right in with the square breathing you guys were talking about the other week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just okay. thought, Kevin, that's been stuck in my head, too, ever since that show that we you talked about that. Um, and Mark Hyman has that in his book as well. And, and it's like he even said, you know, if you can't find – you know, three or four times a day to do, you know, five minutes, five seconds, deep breathing in and out and so forth, you know, then something's off. So you really have to, um, you know, make, make a point and realize that it's really invaluable. And like I said, with this, 
um, person that we were working with to see what that did um, was just, you know, it had to come off the road, but what it did to be able to focus on de-stressing and, and really bringing up the priority on that was, was really an eye-opener. I mean, we know it works, but to see it really um, affect somebody so drastically within a couple of weeks was amazing. Hey, Kim, you know, I, One more I, learned that, I learned that square breathing about 25 years ago, and you'll never believe who I learned that from. No, who? who? Do you remember Sally Jesse Raphael? Oh my God! Yeah, like, and you just got a visual of glasses. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. So I used to listen to Bruce Williams all the time, and right after Bruce Williams, Sally Jesse would come on, and she did kind of a huh. you know therapy program, and that was one of the the strategies she had for like reducing stress and anxiety in the moment was that square breathing. So it's interesting to see like dark. You know, Dr. Mark Hyman and some of the other people talking mm -hmm. about it now. Um, like I said, I knew that 25 years ago, but it really does work. Mm -hmm. You know, th there is another one, and I have not tried this, but I've read a lot of really um, well-credentialed people that I believe in talk about this. And probably the, the one that talks about it the most is Dr. Mercola. And it's called the Emotional Freedom Technique, EFT. Oh, and yeah. it's a little weird. It has to do with like <laughs> tapping on your forehead tapping. in a certain spot. And, mm -hmm. I, but it, it, if somebody is, you know, has high blood pressure or some of these other problems, they use it for emotional eating, they use it for all kinds of things. Um, I, I'm a believer if you're in that position where you're in, in danger of losing your, your livelihood over this, I would give anything a try. Now, I can't vouch for this because I've never tried it myself, but I've read a lot of really positive stuff. As weird as it sounds, it looks like it works. Yeah, there's a video on his site, so they can go search it on his uh, Mercola site. Yeah, if you go to Mercola's site and you looked it up, you'll find it all over. He's a huge proponent of it. He talks about it all the time. Um, there's the music. It sounds like we're going to have to get out of here. Kim, anything you want to wrap up with? I'm just glad everybody's here. We missed you, and uh, you guys just really keep us alive and, and going, too. All right. Great stuff. We will see you next time. This has been Destination Health. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Kim Cockerham was here with me, and we will see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let's Truck.com. 
The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host, Kim Cockerham, is here with me, and we're here to talk about everything health. We've been lied to for decades, and it's killing us. Kim and I are here to answer your questions and help you find your destination to health. You can ask about diet, nutrition, food, supplements, training, exercise, injury, drugs, disease, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is ask the question. Of course, we wrap it all around that trucking lifestyle. And of course, what we're really talking about is eating whole, real food. And uh, Kim, it's that time of the week again. Welcome back. Glad to be here, Kevin. Glad to be here with everyone. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's good to get back into it. It seems mm-hmm. like I was uh, out of the loop for a little while with a road trip to Louisville and back. And now... Uh, home in Oregon, going to enjoy the summer here. I don't have to leave till August to go to Dallas. And then right after Dallas, we have the CMC coming up. Uh, but I've got a couple months and, and I'm really going to spend the next couple months creating a lot of resources, uh, both on the trucking side and on the health side, some online courses, uh, maybe some more Facebook live events. We really kind of want to get the word out. We did a Facebook live event. Actually, I did two of them um, recently, one for the NTA in Australia, and then we did one uh, with the preview for Matt's. Both of them went really well. So we're going to be doing more of that kind of stuff. We're going to be putting out some new protocols. I know last show we talked about a blood pressure protocol, and I've got I've got about 90% of that one done in my mind. Um, you know, a, a morning drink, a little tweak to bulletproof coffee and then an evening drink along with uh, a supplement and I think we can really start helping people that are showing up high on blood pressure it is one of the things we've identified that's a a, I don't necessarily want to say trickier we know how to do it it just seems to take more time you know blood sugar we can lower in I even want to say days um, certainly in weeks blood pressure sometimes takes months Um, You get the diet right. And I think a big part of this that we're going to find is that lifestyle really is a big part of blood pressure. So if if somebody thinks they've got their diet right and yet their blood pressure is still high, then they really need to look at lifestyle, you know, stress levels, um, caffeine, sleep, those kind of things where, um, you know, we, we might have to add some meditation Uh, some deep breathing, some square breathing like we talked about. But then I think people need to be patient uh, because what we have seen is on a keto or a paleo diet, blood pressure always improves. It just takes some time for some people. Yeah. And I I love the the whole lifestyle. That just affects so much that we're seeing now with the adrenals and everything. And, um, you know, I want to talk before next show, too, about, you know, stress. And, and different ways we can address that and look at that because um, we just finished up the, the endocrine system, you know, and I loved Gray's analogy of, uh, on the video for the class. You know, he talked about um, hormones and stress and you have to do with the kind of glasses we put on, you know, how we view things and, um, you know, so much of social media and there's different things coming at you all the time, but how we view things and internalize it and perceive it, we can control. Um, but I think it's something that I'd love to 
do some more on and get some more discussion going about that because we're all in that. We're all in that can be a trap. Yeah. You know, one of the things I would say on lifestyle, and, and this is a tough one, but I, I, the more I pay attention to this, the more I can see it in myself. You know, it, I have to be looking at a screen a lot during mm-hmm. the day because of the work we do. And I think that's stressful to our body. And then when you add in all the time people are spending on social media, I think that mm-hmm. that's really ratcheting up stress for one thing. I, I think it's stressful for our body to constantly be looking at a device. And mm-hmm. on top of that, then there's the stress of what it is you're reading. You know, most of Facebook tends to be adversarial. You know, it's political. It's people arguing about whatever. That's stressful. But I think if if you're having a hard time kind of dialing down the stress, maybe look at your social media consumption. Maybe you're spending too much time staring at a device. Maybe you're spending too much time listening. Here's another thing. We're surrounded by news, and it's always bad. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's listening to it on the radio, seeing it on Facebook, we tend to report negative news and, and now we're surrounded by it and that will affect our, our mood and our stress levels. So maybe you just need to unplug and with spring and summertime coming up, it's a really good time to unplug, get outside in bare feet, the whole grounding thing. We could talk about that. Get lots of sunshine. Don't use sunscreen. You know, just monitor your time in the sun. If you feel like you're burning, then get out of the sun. Um, But don't use sunscreen because I think sunscreen is really bad for us uh, in a lot of ways. But it's that time. The weather's going to start getting better. Get outside in your bare feet. Walk in the wet grass in the morning. Get plenty of sunshine around solar noon. That's the best time to get your vitamin D from the sun. And you can Google uh, solar noon in your area, and it will tell you what time that is. And solar noon simply means when um, the sun is directly overhead in whatever area you live. And you can go look this up. When, when the sun is directly overhead is when you're getting the best of the vitamin D rays. So those are things I I would have people start thinking about. We talk a lot about diet. We certainly know that's number one, but lifestyle is number two. Um, The other problem with all the devices and the social media is the blue light really wreaks havoc with your sleep cycles and and your hormones. Mm -hmm. You mentioned hormones, and we know how important they are. Um, Sleep and light have a lot to do with our hormone levels. Yeah, I'll tell you, my sleep is fun, you know, different things you can do. Those, and again, those little strategies, you know, you, you try and you see what works for you. If it doesn't, then pitch it. And, you know, don't get too caught up. Um, number, the two things that have helped my sleep tremendously are, um, you know, cool temperature and um, eye block. I Don't wear eye mess. We put them dark over my eyes just to complete, I mean, even the light from the um, uh, clock, you know, that kind of stuff is enough to have enough disturbance and, you know, try it. Excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. So I don't want to take up too much time because we've had Mm -hmm. a lot of questions during the shows and we, we don't always get to them all. So what do you say we get right to the calls? Yeah, that sounds great. 
All right, let's head off to Iowa. Sherry, welcome to the program. It's your turn. Hello, how are you? Doing Thank great. You What's up? Your my call. You're welcome. Uh, my NutriQ. Um, I know I have digestive issues, and I'm working on that. I finally got off the Prilosec. Um, but it shows a um, cardiovascular on there, and I uh, wonder what that is. Uh, well, it, me, it's – go ahead, Kim. I'll get the rest of it. I'm going to get the rest of it. Okay. Um, well, what uh, cardiovascular is obviously heart health, um, heart, the, the vein system, things like that. So we're looking at symptoms of um, possible heart problems. So just off the top of my head, some of those questions that sound really weird on the NutriQ, like can you hear your heartbeat on the pillow at night? That's actually a sign of cardiovascular problems. So we'd have to go in and dig through, and Kim's going to look it up, but we'd have to dig through mm -hmm. each symptom to see which symptoms, but it's uh -huh. things like that. So the symptoms that you are uh, showing are an indication that there could be some, some heart issues, some circulation issues, things like that. Well, I know a couple of years ago, well, probably two years ago, I had uh, that uh, CT scan of your heart and everything, and they said my risk is like at 1% of having any kind of heart issues. That's why I was kind of well, I'm, about that. Yeah, I'm not a big believer in medical screenings. Um, they don't tend to be very accurate. Medical screenings really uh, are designed, interestingly enough, to show a problem. I mean, most of this is designed around money. They get you in for a screening. They come up with some results that need further screening. That's almost always what happens, and then they make more money that way. But I, I'm not a big fan of their accuracy. Your screen may have been fine, but I believe in symptoms. Let our body tell us what's going on, and that's what the NutriQ does. So based on your symptoms, we are seeing some cardiovascular issues. Now, it doesn't mean we can't fix them. We certainly can. But that's why we do the NutriQ, so we can uh, dig down into what the problem is and, and where the priority is. So we're going to get to a break. We'll come right back and talk more about that. Stick around. I'm Kevin Ruff. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and we are talking with Sherry in Iowa. So, uh, Sherry, the you know the first thing we would address is the digestion because we always work on foundations first. Uh, 
and many times yeah. just working on the foundations, we may see improvements in the other areas. Or we could say, you know, cardiovascular is really kind of showing off the charts. So maybe we should address the cardiovascular at the same time we're addressing the digestion. Either way is fine. Sometimes we take 30 days, just focus on digestion. If the uh, client is willing to work on a couple things at once, we may. In your case, I would say we tackle digestion and the cardiovascular. And, you know, some of the supplements they're coming up with, uh, the Livitrit, the MCS, and the NutriClear, those would all be things that we would kind of target that cardiovascular with. Um, or we would just start on the digestion. That would really, we would leave that up to the client. Uh-huh, uh-huh. righty. Well, I uh, appreciate that. And uh, I'll uh, see what I can do about what it is you rec recommended. You're welcome. Well, uh, uh, let's see. We are... We're going to go to the phones. We're going to go back to the phones. So let's go to Marilyn. James, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, uh, I have uh, two items, uh, one having to do with reducing stress on the road. And uh, two simple things that, that I did uh, with that is, one, I put air tabs on my vehicle, and that makes the ride so much better that it reduces all kind of stress. <laughs> oh, good. I love that one. Yeah. The second one was that I, I slowed down, and uh, and that made a huge difference as well. Um, let, let me address that one. Let me address that one because I completely agree. I've been saying that for years, but I just experienced it again. So when we were heading to Louisville for the show, I left a full thirty-six hours extra you know, just in case so to get to the show. So, and nothing went wrong. So we drove 60 miles an hour all the way across the country, got there in plenty of time. Now on the way back, I just wanted to get home and I have a lot of work to do. So I just wanted to get here as quick as possible. Getting there, we knew we had the extra time built in. So on the way back, most of the time that I was driving, I was running 70. I know that shocks people, but I will tell you what, the stress level difference between driving 70 and 60 was incredible. I was under much more stress at 70. And I know some people say, oh, yeah, but I've been driving that way for years. I got used to it. You got used to the stress is what you got used to. So slow down yeah, and no watch doubt. how stressful it is. Of course, then you spend one day driving in California and all bets are off. But that's a different point. Um, True. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, the second item is that uh, my wife went to uh, naturopath finally. I've been uh, trying to get her to listen to your show and look at some stuff uh, regarding PPIs and things. And she finally went to the naturopath, and uh, he's working her off of the, the PPIs, which is great. But when we were there, one of the things that, that struck me as odd is not the functional test, but when he would uh, check to see which uh, gallbladder support to give her or which hydrochloric acid to give her, you know, he, he's kind of doing sort of the functional test while he's holding a glass bottle of it. And it was just kind of like, really? That sounds more like showmanship than real science, but okay. So um, I, but, I, I've seen it. this method. I've actually studied this method. 
And I don't know how or why it works, but I've seen it work. I, and I've seen it work for a lot of people. And, and I don't get it. You know, I, I, I was amazed by the, um, the LNT process, the lingual neural testing that we do as NTPs. And we actually put this supplement right on somebody's tongue. And, and the physiology is that the minute your body can sense that supplement, there are physiological changes that happen. Even though that seemed like a stretch to me because it was so unusual, I can, I can kind of get it. But then I saw this process where well, they'll take a substance and they'll have somebody hold it in a glass vial and it still seems to work. And they, there's some strength testing they can do. They have you hold the vial and then they try pushing down on your arm. I, I've seen other yeah. methods. And honestly, I can't explain how it works, but I've seen it work. So I, I, it's not the method I use, but I, I know practitioners that use this and it seems to work for them. All right. I just uh, try to see what you thought of it because it's just kind of like when I was sitting there watching do this, it's just like, I don't, I don't know about that. How, how does that, that work? But uh, I guess I, you're saying you don't know how it seems to work though. I feel exactly the same way you do. I wish I could get a better explanation of why it worked, but I've seen it work really well. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's the, you know, I was going to say the placebo effect, but even that doesn't make sense because sometimes things don't react when somebody holds them. So I, I don't know what the explanation is but I know some practitioners who use that method and they're really good with it. So if we get the results, then I'd love to have an explanation, but if I see results, then sometimes we just go with that. Let's go to Illinois. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kim. How are you guys doing? Hi, Mike. Good. What's on your mind today? Um, I have a couple questions. Um, would you still recommend eating liver if it's not from grass-fed cows? Because I can never find anything else at Whole Foods. Yes, and I'll explain why. The people sometimes say, oh, if you're going to eat liver, you better make sure it's really, really clean because otherwise the liver will be loaded with toxin. Now, that's a misnomer. Right. The liver is a filter. The liver does separate out the toxins, but the liver doesn't store the toxins. The liver sends okay. them to other parts of the body. In fact, most of the toxins in our body are stored in our fat cells to kind of lock them away from the rest of our body. So when people lose a lot of weight quickly, a lot of times we see some detox issues. They actually start feeling worse because as they're losing all that fat, their body starts moving the toxins around in their body and they feel worse. So if we look at liver, it, it's not a, it doesn't store toxins, so we don't have to worry about that. The other thing we know about liver and about grass-fed versus grain-fed is the biggest change in a grass-fed animal is in the fat content we get much more omega-3 fatty acids, which is what we're after in a grass-fed animal. The liver is very, very low fat. 
liver is high in protein. In fact, we, we want to be careful with liver because it's so high in protein and low fat that I think if you're going to eat anything from a conventionally raised animal, the liver might be one of the better cuts. It doesn't have a lot of fat in it, so we're not getting a ton of omega-6. It doesn't store the toxins like some people believe. It's a very lean protein with lots of nutrition. So, yeah, I would much rather see somebody eat conventionally raised liver than not eat liver at all. Okay. That's good to know. Absolutely. Because um, I love liver, and I didn't even know it was that good for the eyes. So I'm glad to hear it, that. So, um, it, so many things, really. Yeah. So my question is this. I have a question about insulin. I was A friend of mine sent me a video about a doctor who was making a presentation, and he seemed to be blaming insulin for everything. It's like once mm-hmm. the body took, uh, releases insulin, everything else stops working. And my understanding of insulin was that uh, it's the good guy that comes and cleans out the spike in your blood sugar so that things can be stable. Is there... Um, something else that could have an uh, an adverse health effect because insulin is getting secreted into the bar, into the into the system absolutely in fact there are many doctors today that believe that insulin is the problem that the sugar is what spikes the insulin but it's the insulin causing all the problems so we, we believe, and, it, and it's just a little bit of a mind shift. We believe that it's the sugar causing all the problems in diabetics. But a lot of doctors now believe it, the sugar is the cause, clearly. But the real problem is the insulin spike. And why that's important is because what do we give diabetics? We give them more insulin. Yeah. That's like right. giving a, a heroin addict more heroin. Oh, look, it takes away his withdrawal symptoms. Now he feels better. That's all we're doing with insulin. Oh, look, it, it you know, takes okay. away the high blood sugar. Now he feels better. But it's really the insulin causing the problems. So we're going to get to a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about that because I think that's a, a critical piece of information we need to understand. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Robinson. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and we're going to go back to the phones. We were talking with Mike in Illinois. So, Mike, I think this is a really important point, because if it truly were the sugar causing all the problems in diabetes, then once we put somebody on medication, all the problems should go away, because the medications clearly control the blood sugar. They keep it within, you know, reasonable rates, but yet 
diabetics get sicker and sicker their whole life. Their health deteriorates their whole life. They tend to gain more weight. They tend to get more and more neuropathy. They tend to get uh, eyesight problems. They tend to get Alzheimer's a lot more. So if we look at the traditional model of controlling the blood sugar, that doesn't seem to be working. We still get less and less, less healthy our whole life once you're a diabetic. But if we fix the problem of the insulin, we stop spiking the insulin, we stop taking more insulin as a drug, then we actually get better. Then the condition goes away. So I believe it really is the excess insulin causing the problem. So the answer is to do whatever we have to do to stop spiking the insulin, which is where we come back to diet. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, it does. It absolutely makes sense. And uh, finally, he um, had uh, something that he was recommending. Uh, he was basically saying the standard American diet, even if you, you ate healthy, we have messed uh, the soil so much that we don't get the, mm-hmm. the nutrients out of the food, even, you, mm-hmm. even if it's bananas or greens or whatever. And so he was recommending wheat grass because it's... Um, it's grown at the base of the ocean, and it's full of nutrients. And uh, you basically mix it in a glass. And I was just curious about that because when I went to Dr. McCullough's website, he said you have to be careful about how you consume wheat grass. Have you come across anything about wheat grass and the benefits? I, I'm not a big fan of it. I know it, it's supposed to be so nutrient dense and um I'm just never a big fan of the whole wheatgrass thing. So I I skip it. I've read all the reports. I don't see anything there. I'll tell you what I would do before I would do wheatgrass is I would do sprouts. The idea is the same. And you can sprout any plant. So you can do broccoli sprouts. You could do pea sprouts. And the idea is that when you germinate and sprout a seed – that it releases all the nutrients that that plant needs to grow and mature. And as the plant grows and matures, it uses up those nutrients. So by the time it fruits, you know, are we getting as many nutrients because the plant has been using them itself? But if you get it when it's a sprout, all the nutrients are available. So I would rather see, and sprouting, is drop dead easy. You can even do this in the truck. Um, you can have sprouts in a couple days. Go to any health food store. Okay. They buy little sprouting kits. They're just mason jars and some seeds and a couple little filters and instructions. It, when you first look at it, it looks kind of confusing, but just try it. Sprouting is drop dead easy and you will have sprouts in three or four days. And you can just throw them in other dishes. You can add them to salads. Um, I would stay away from the wheatgrass and I would do sprouts. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Nebraska. Diane, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kim. My husband had his cholesterol and triglycerides checked the other day, and his cholesterol is running really high. His triglycerides are quite high. Uh, they're at 350. Um, what do you recommend? 
what has his diet been like over the last, say, five years or so? Well, over the last five years, he's been up and down as far as trying to uh, stay on a clean diet. Uh, but uh, here recently, I would say in, in the last six months, he has cleaned his diet up. But, uh, so give me an idea of what he might eat in a day. Okay. In, in the truck, he eats what I send him, which is usually like uh, some chicken or maybe some beef of some kind. Uh, he has a gelatin salad that's not made from jello. It's just gelatin and some fruit, and they are canned fruits. And uh, uh, then he'll have uh, some fruits and vegetables, um, like celery and cauliflower and, and uh, some of those with some cream cheese. Um, um, and this, I'm trying to think right now. Uh, right off hand, I can't come up with anything. Okay, that's okay. So, no, that's okay. <laughs> what I'm hearing, and this may just require a little tweaking. What I'm hearing uh -huh. is I'm not hearing a lot of fat, and I'm hearing a lot of fruit. I heard fruit twice. Yeah. I heard the fruit salad, then I heard fruits and vegetables. One of the worst things for cholesterol is actually fructose. Okay. So okay. I would cut now, way, way back on the fruit. What's that? When he's home, we do do bulletproof coffee, but that's not every day. Okay. And, and bulletproof coffee is just a good way of getting in more fat. But if he would prefer, sure. um, instead of bulletproof coffee for breakfast, he could do eggs um, cooked in lots of butter or coconut oil or good fats, you know, throwing some avocados with the eggs, throwing some cheese with the eggs, um, fatty okay. cuts of meat, with the okay. eggs. So we want to get Those more fat. Those are things fat. I left out. Okay. Those we, are things I left out because he does take avocados and eggs with him in the truck too. Okay, good. Good. So just work on getting mm -hmm. more fat mm -hmm. and less fruit uh -huh. and, and then okay. time. Um, it sounds like he's been inconsistent. Now he's been consistent for six months, but it sounds like there was a lot of fruit during that time. So, and I'm guessing because you're guessing, this is where we have people keep that food journal because it's so hard to remember everything you eat. Uh, and again, we don't want people to do this forever, but doing it for a week or 10 days or two weeks really gives us okay. insight. We, we find, oh, yeah, maybe I am snacking a little more often than I thought I was. Or, wow, I didn't realize, you know, that yesterday I ate two bananas, a couple apples, um, and a mango. And, and that would be way too much fruit for anybody. Um, I almost I never eat a whole piece of fruit because bananas are too big, apples are too big, Almost berries are good because they're low in sugar and it's easy to eat just a little bit of them. Uh, but for me, if okay. I eat an apple or a banana, it's usually only half. And I also eat it with plenty of fat. So if I eat an apple or a banana, it's going to have fat with it. A nut butter or our, uh, our monkey brittle, which is bananas and nuts. So we get the fat from the nuts. Um, so I think this is probably just going to require a little tweaking, consistency, and a little time. And the good news is everybody who has done this, with, with the exception of the people who have the weird familial cholesterol issue that's a genetic thing, 
Um, other than those people, everybody I've seen stay on a good, clean keto or paleo diet. Their cholesterol numbers improve tremendously. The other thing we want to look at, obviously his triglycerides are high. I don't need to calculate anything there. But what we would uh -huh. look at is after 30 or 60 days, we would have a cholesterol panel done again, but we would run ratios. Total cholesterol is meaningless, and many of the numbers are meaningless. In this case, I do think the triglycerides are high. So we, we do want to do something to get them down. But again, it might be the fruit causing a lot of that. Okay. Okay. We'll sure look at that. All right. All right. I'll tell him to come on to get away from those fruits. What do you think about brain fog if someone is, is uh, experiencing brain fog? Uh, is this the same person? No, it's myself, actually. Okay. So we need to go back to your diet now. It, and kind of give me an idea of what your diet's like. Well, I'm trying to eat a lot like him, uh, the fats, trying to get coconut oil and butter and uh, protein from meats and eggs and uh, nuts and um, and um, avoid it. Uh, I try to avoid the fruits more than he does. You know, I'm kind of like you. I, I eat maybe a half a fruit, you know, occasionally and um, stay away from the sweets. You know what? Um, what I've found is eating the way you just described should clear up the brain fog. Most of the time, uh -huh. it does. If it doesn't, what I recommend mm -hmm. is do pick one of the very low sugar reset diets, and they're usually only like seven or ten days. They're not long term. Uh, Dr. Mark Hyman has some really good um, kind of reset protocols where you do a, a stricter version for seven or ten days and it kind of gets you through that brain fog and then you can go back to eating you know clean and it usually stays away uh so i would give that a shot there's the music i've got to get to a break we'll be right back stick around i'm kevin robert All right, so we're heading into the fourth segment. Let me take a look at questions. Looks like we have plenty of questions. So we are going to do a third hour today. Uh, so after this segment, hang on and we'll keep going. Uh, I guess I should check real quick. Kim, can you hang out for a third hour? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Bridget, I'll bring you on too. Can you hang out for a third hour with us? I think so. So I'll do a training at one, but Lisa said she could pop on if she needs to. So we're good. Okay, perfect. Teamwork. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> yes, that's right. Teamwork. Let's get going. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. We're going to get right back to the calls. Before we do, uh, Kim, you know, for that that um, for the last caller, I would really recommend 
um, uh, for Diane, the 10-day the uh, detox diet from uh, Mark Hyman. Mark I think Hyman. that's a... Yeah, the sugar detox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a sugar detox, and it, it goes even a little further than, you know, even like a keto, which is really low sugar. Mm-hmm. This is really low sugar, pretty intense for 10 days. He recommends some foods that kind of help you through that transition. And this is probably the the best... Uh, solution I've seen for that brain fog. I really, I like that idea too. I like, um, and when you always do that, you come up with this, I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and because it will, it'll tell right away, you know, you, it'll pinpoint things right away of what may be causing some issues too. Yeah. The other thing I would say, cause she mentioned they do some bulletproof coffee once in a while. If you're using coconut oil in the bulletproof mm-hmm. coffee, switch to the brain octane for a little while. I I will tell you that that clears up my brain fog very, very quickly. Yeah, and you know what? I saw, I think it was Michael had a post, and I wanted to go back and find it because I always skim things. Um, And as the the coconut oil being only like 25% of uh, the MCT. And I wanted to go go find that again um, to see because I have somebody else that did that, you know, wasn't using brain octane and is just using the straight coconut. And I'm like, oh, wait, I got to go find where he had something posted about that. Yeah. So I'll go through the explanation real quick. If we look at mm-hmm. the acid makeup of coconut oil, there are four different fatty acids in coconut oil and eat they have names but they're crazy hard to pronounce and they wouldn't mean anything so the easiest way to identify them they do it by the the fatty acid chains the number of links in the chain and the shorter the fatty acid is the easier our our body converts it to energy so the reason we use butter and coconut oil is because butter is a short-chain fatty acid, so our body digests and converts it very easily to energy. And coconut oil is a medium-chain triglyceride. That's why we call it MCT, medium-chain triglyceride. But in the coconut oil, there's four different lengths. C6, which is six bonds, C8, C10, and C12. C6 should be the ideal fatty acid to to convert to ketones. The problem is when they try to isolate C6, they claim it tastes awful and there's nothing you can do to fix it. So then they move to C8 and they isolated C8. Well, it turns out C8 is completely tasteless. It has no taste at all. So it makes a really good oil for things like Bulletproof Coffee and brain octane is pure C8. Um, there are a couple other products on the market that are also pure C8, but they're hard to find. Um, Biotics, the company we get all of our supplements from, actually makes a pure C8. The reason we use Bulletproof instead, two reasons. Bulletproof is um, only sourced from coconut oil, and other MCTs can be sourced from coconut or palm oil. Both are fine for our body, but palm oil is harvesting too much palm oil is not good on the environment. Coconut oil is much better. So it's just a little thing, um, but Mm -hmm. I prefer to use the coconut oil. Um, And the other one is just cost. 
I, I would like to use the biotics, but it's a little more expensive than the bulletproof. So they're both C8. We stick with the bulletproof on that one instead. Um, a lot of the MCT oils, you don't know exactly what you're getting. Some are a combination of all four. So they're just like coconut oil anyway. Some are C8 and C10, but you, you, you got to really dig to know what the blend is. Um, Bulletproof makes an XCT oil. That's just their brand instead of MCT. They call it XCT. And it is C8 and C10 only. So that's not a bad option. It's a little cheaper than the brain octane. But I really prefer spending the extra money and doing the brain octane. I really think to, I, I really seem to think better and focus better on the brain octane than anything else. That's awesome. Because that is really confusing. <laughs> you can start getting, you it know, is. like you just broke down the six, eight, 10, 12. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that's what, one of your gifts. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. We're going to head off to Colorado. Brian, welcome to the program. Well, good morning, Kevin. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Sound good. Go ahead. Okay. I uh, got a few things. Uh, the study of where they put the ingredients in the palm of the hand and they do the resistance testing, that is called kinesiology. Okay. And then um, the other thing was about the, there's a company up in Ferndale, Washington, that uh, I'm quite familiar with that processes a, a product called Omega Twin, which is the omega-369 and the eicosapatitoic side of the equation there for a complete, perfect protein. And they process it in a completely light-free, oxygen-free environment so that none of the chains are destroyed. And I don't know if you'd be interested in using them as a supplier in your store or not. You know, we we have a similar product processed the same way by Biotics, um, which is a balance of three, six, and nine. And honestly, we're yep. finding that for a lot of people, it doesn't work very well. Um, and the reason is, the more we dig in, almost everybody we find with fatty acid deficiency is not only deficient in enough fatty acid, but they're also very far out of balance. We tend to get way right. too much omega-6. Um, omega-9 isn't that hard to get, and we don't need a lot of it. We seem to be way over the top on omega-6 and not enough omega-3. So if you take one of these balanced products, it does tend to raise the overall fatty acid balance, but it doesn't fix the balance itself. So what we've been switching to is a... Uh, a good clean form of omega-3 and we seem to be getting better results with that rather than a balanced product. Uh, one of the reasons might be that uh, Dr. Bledwig uh, had done a study that when you mix the uh, omega-20, if you will, with the uh, highest sulfur dairy product, it becomes more water absorbable. Well, that could be, but again, we, we, the problem is we don't want 
everything that's in that product. We The last thing we want is more omega-6. And as long as we keep taking a product that has omega-6 and we have so much in our diet, we can't ever get enough omega-3. So the balance is much more important than the amount. And the problem is we're, we're not getting people in balance. So we even had to start changing the way we were doing things. We were prescribing and recommending the balanced omega-3, 6, and 9, and we weren't getting the results. And when we switched to the omega-3, instead, we're getting better results. Well, I'm one of those very difficult cases where I have a low thyroid, high blood pressure, and probably the gut problem going on. And I thought I'd filled out a Nutri-Q, but I w I'm not completely certain that you have received it. Hmm. When did you do that, huh? Uh, it's been a while back. I don't know exactly when. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Bridget, pop in yeah. and get your information because we're all caught up. So we'll get it out to you. We'll check it out. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll follow up on it. We'll make sure we got it. If we didn't get it, we'll go through the process again. And uh, um. I, you, you may, based on what you just said, you know, some thyroid issues, some other stuff going on, you may want to watch the supplements. If you're doing this um, omega blend, this twin omega, whatever it is, if you're doing other supplements, uh, you mentioned thyroid, and thyroid is one of those conditions that we can make worse with supplements. I, I am... I'm hesitant to take on some of the more difficult thyroid cases. I tend to kind of refer those out to people. Um, thyroid is one of the trickier issues to deal with. Um, the same supplements that can help thyroid, if you get them out of balance, can actually make thyroid worse. Let's go to Texas. Gerald, welcome to the program. Yeah, how y'all doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Hello. Oh, okay. I uh, just wanted to go over my Nutri-Q. Um, and see you exact. I mean, I, I I read it and saw what y'all said we should be doing for our supplements and whatnot, but just figured I'd call it to the show and yeah, let let's take a, <laughs> let's take a look at what we've got going on. So. Um, with the Nutri-Q, we always start with foundations. The number one foundation is digestion. You're not doing horrible, but there are certainly some things in digestion that, that we could improve. But where you're really showing some major problems, um, essential fatty acid balance, which is what we were just talking about, sugar handling, vitamin E, adrenal, and thyroid, you are off the charts in all of those areas. And thy or pituitary, you're almost off the charts. So um, a lot of these things go hand in hand. When you don't have a good, uh-oh, just, uh, just got time, timed out. My music never played for some reason. Uh, so I'll tell you what we're going to do, Gerald. We're going to start another hour, and I'm going to come back. We're going to start this call over. Does that work for you? That's fine. Okay. Let me, uh, let me get us going. I don't know why my music didn't play. And we'll start another hour.
your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking. All right, so here we go, everybody. We're going to start a third hour. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. Today is Destination Health. This is the show where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. We've been lied to for decades, and it's killing us. Kim and I are here to set the record straight and help you find your destination to health. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about food, nutrition, lifestyle, medicine, training, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. Kim, welcome back. Hi, glad to be here, Kevin. You know, uh, we have been working a lot with the NutriQ system, and the more we work in it, the more I like it. You know, I've said many times I, I think they hit a home run with this. Um, the NutriQ is, is our tool to help us evaluate where somebody is health and nutrition-wise. How are the major systems in their body functioning? What kind of symptoms are they showing? And, and when you first take the NutriQ, you know, think back to the first time you saw this. Didn't you think some of the questions were just really odd? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, crazy things like, uh, can you hear your heartbeat in the pillow at night? Um, and, and there's Third. literally, yeah, hundreds of the questions. One... Go ahead. I'm sorry. The one that always pops out of me is the third of the eyebrow missing. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are you losing the outer third of your eyebrows? Really? <laughs> does that happen? And it does happen, and it's a yeah. clear sign of a nutritional deficiency. And there are so many questions like that. But the thing is, it is drop-dead accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, it, when you see somebody that has scores high on one of these things and it indicates a deficiency, you fix the deficiency and the problem goes away. And my thought is, this works so well, how come it took me 53 years before I ever found this? Yeah, I know. And it's, it's so, it's so simple and back to basics that it's, it's actually refreshing, you know, and we see the results and we just know um, what people can do to, to get better. You know, the other thing, uh, this is similar to some of the paperwork you fill out if you go to a doctor's office for the first time and they want all that history and that background. The difference is I've been to many, many doctors and filled out all that paperwork over my lifetime. I swear they don't ever do anything with it. They ask you all those questions and then they never do anything with it. Why ask me 150 questions on this health questionnaire then when I get in the office, all you ask me about is the symptom I'm experiencing today. You don't ask about, you don't look at all those other questions. You don't ask me about them where it's the first thing we do. When we get the NutriQ back, that's what we base everything on. We look at the NutriQ, we match it up to the diet. And it's interesting because Many times we can look at the diet and predict what's going to be on the NutriQ. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a brilliant system. It, it, I, 
every day I look at it, I'm just floored. I'm really grateful yeah. for it. And, and we like it so much, and it works so well. I, I'm not going to say it's completely labor-free. Um, there's work involved. We have to set it up. We have to interpret it. We have to do a couple other things. But the system does work so well, it, and that's thanks to the NTA, because this is their system, um, that we're able to offer this initial consultation free. We, we can let somebody fill out the NutriCube, and we will generate a report and we'll give them some recommendations. And if they can get through on the air, we'll actually give them a more in-depth analysis. We can't do everybody that we offer free. We can't do them free on the phone. It just, it's way too right. time intensive for us. But if you can get through, if you've done a free NutriCube and you get through on the show, we'll give you, we'll go a little deeper and we'll give you a, a couple more ideas. In fact, our first call today uh, that we're going to get to is exactly that. Um, on a prior show, we started to talk with Gerald in Texas. We ran out of time. Uh, so we're going to bring Gerald back on. Uh, so Gerald, I'm going to go over this from the beginning again. Uh, we start with digestion. You have a couple issues we could work on. You're not scoring horrible on digestion, but you're really kind of off the charts in essential fatty acids, sugar handling, vitamin needs, adrenal, pituitary, and thyroid. And what it really tells me is if we look at the foundations of this, the essential fatty acids, the sugar handling, and the vitamin needs, and we fix those, the adrenal, pituitary, and thyroid are probably going to fix themselves. That's our hope. So we're not, even though you're like off the charts in six areas, we're not going to try to address all six. We're going to address the foundations. And when you look at what fatty acids do in our body, fatty acids are critical for producing and balancing hormones. When our hormones get out of whack, our adrenal, pituitary, and thyroid are what suffer. Um, the same with sugar handling. Sugar handling has a lot to do with the hormones. In fact, Kim, I'm going to put you on the spot here. In, in sugar <laughs> handling, we talk about our pals. What are our right, pals? Right. They're the fruit Yes, the pancreas, the adrenals, and the liver. And the pancreas, adrenal, and liver, our pals, are very powerful in, in producing and balancing and maintaining hormone levels. So it's not surprising that your two foundations that are way out of whack, essential fatty acids and sugar handling, are causing problems with the hormones, the adrenal, the pituitary, and the thyroid. And again, Kim, this is just a great example of looking at the foundations and seeing mm -hmm. the results. Everything goes through, yep. So, Gerald, that's kind of a, you know, a, a quick overview. So if, if then if you look at the recommendations, you know, there's a lot of supplements on here. Um, we have supplements right. for digestion. We have supplements for sugar handling. We have supplements for fatty acids. But then also they're targeting the adrenals and the, or, or primarily they're targeting the thyroid and some adrenal. But I would say we work on 
digestion, fatty acid, and sugar balance and leave the other three alone for now. And maybe even work on these for 30 to 60 days and see if we see improvements in the adrenal, thyroid, and pituitary, and we may. And then if we do, we're good. If we don't, then we can go back and target those and they should be pretty easy to fix. But, but I would start with, um, and we could get you, uh, you know, we could give you a list of exactly which ones of these, because I know when, mm -hmm. when somebody this far off the charts, they recommend a ton of supplements. And I'm just not a big fan of, of overdoing the supplement. Right. So I'm already doing the, uh, the, the ultimate fatty acid cap. You know, I here's what I would do. I, I, I would switch those out, set them aside because we may go back to them later. So don't feel like you wasted your money. But I would switch that out okay. for the bio three. Because that, that goes back to the last call where the problem isn't that you're not getting enough fatty acids. The problem is that your balance is all wrong. So the optimal EFAs okay. is giving you too much six and nine. And what we want to do is swap that out for just the Biomega-3. All right. I uh, I if, I were, if I were going to recommend four supplements for you, I would recommend the beta TCP, the hydrozyme, the bioglycozyme, and the biomega-3. Those would be the four I would work on for about 30 days, and then I would retake the NutriQ and see what's working. All right, because I, I got this. I got I think I got the, these are the Ultima EFAs. I wish I could speak like y'all speak, flow, flow, <laughs> just flow it off, off my tongue. We know what you're saying. Make, right. <laughs> so, um, I think I have that reoccurring as far as the order, because there's going to be another one coming in here pretty soon. Oh, we can fix that for you. Yeah, after the show today, we'll go in and we'll go in and get your order straight, and we'll fix the reoccurring. And again, you know the the um, optimal EFAs are a great product for the right person, but we seem to be finding most of the people we're dealing with are they're doing better on the Biomega Three. So I think again, we'll target digestion, fatty acid balance, and sugar with those four supplements, and we'll again we'll go get your order right for you. 30 days, we'll redo the NutriQ and we'll go from there. I'm going to get to a break. We'll come right back after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg.
Welcome back, Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. And we're going to get right back to some phone calls. We're off to Alabama. JR, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kim. Uh, Fairfax Hi, now. Oh, wait. That's another show. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> hey, um, I've been on this, uh, you know, this trail for about 18 months now. And I've uh, been on some other uh, paleo, keto uh, websites, and I've been looking around. And I was going to ask you about bread. I came across one that was interesting because my favorite uh, snack ever was a good sourdough with a big uh, gold slab of butter on it and a beer. I can't be beat. Well, yeah. I found one that uh, they said sourdough is a little more uh, healthy than regular bread with, bread with the gluten and stuff. But I'm looking at the recipe, they're still using regular white flour. So eventually I'm going to put a bread maker on my truck and I'm going to go through the process. Because, hey, what else am I going to do driving down the road in my spare time, you know? And uh, I'm going to start experimenting with coconut flour, walnut flour, see if I can get that thing healthy. But do you guys know of anything that's uh, going gluten-free on bread? Um, other than, like I said, I, last time I talked to you guys, I think I told you about Zen Burger doing a gluten-free bun on a grass-fed burger. I thought that was great. But uh, is there anything out there that we're seeing with uh, any of these bread bread products going on that are gluten-free that we can uh, maybe tap into? The first thing I would say is be careful of anything that says gluten-free. Um, it, it, just in general, they tend to be loaded with a bunch of other garbage. So just be really careful. If you're looking at true paleo products you should be better off but i've even seen the paleo label you know kind of bastardized as well so be careful of just looking at a label and and it's like in a restaurant when they serve a gluten-free bun or a gluten-free pizza crust hell i worry about those things ask one time to see the label and you'd be shocked at how much junk is in most of those products so I'm not saying I don't ever eat them, but I would be careful of those kind of products and don't overdo them. Um, the 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 gluten-free and clean bread recipes are getting better and better all the time. Um, when we were just at the uh, NTA conference, there was a label there that had a really good gluten-free bread mix. And I don't remember the label now, but we're, we'll take a look at that and try to get it up on the website. So, and the other thing is it's changing every day. The reason sourdough is a little healthier is because of the almost fermentation process that it goes through um, that creates the sourdough itself that tends to make it a little healthier. I, I have not seen or tried a gluten-free sourdough yet. I, I haven't seen that at all. I love sourdough bread. Um, but I'm to the point where, you know, after two years, I'm really just not craving the bread much. Now that I found a couple really good recipes, I tend not to even bother with it. Um, I'm just, I just feel better off without it. Uh, but I, I would yeah. keep an eye out. Um, I, we are seeing better and better recipes now that more and more people are experimenting with paleo kind of baking. Um, but again, well, this is one that, of those. Go ahead, Kim. 
Oh, sorry, Kevin. There were some people on the Facebook page that had posted, you know, keto bread and, um, you know, you could look for some, this one I'm looking at just says almond flour, eggs, butter, you know, baking powder and such. Um, I'm like you, Kevin, like I'm, I, I almost need to be away from it because, <laughs> you know, my goal is still, I haven't reached my goals yet. And then I might play with it a little bit. It depends on where you're at um, when you bring these things back into your life, you know, um, but look, there's some good recipes and the Facebook group had um, one out there. I'll have to try to find that uh, they had a lot of success with. Well, basically I'll just stay away from bread then. I, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's, it, it's almost becoming like dairy um, where it's argued back and forth. And some people say, well, I tolerate it fine. Um, I felt so much better when I quit eating grain. It was the single biggest change I saw that I just have no desire to go back to eating them. Um, I have a couple recipes that I like. The fat head pizza crust is very, very satisfying for me when I crave pizza. Um, the, Oh, I always forget the name of this. Capello's maybe? Is that who makes mm. the almond mm -hmm. flour product? Capello's? Yeah, uh, yeah. They're fettuccine noodles. When <laughs> if I just happen to be craving some pasta, I can eat their fettuccine noodles once or twice a month and be very, very satisfied uh, as far as that goes. So I'm just not finding myself missing those things anymore. Do we lose him? Uh, I think, well, oh, there he is. Let's, okay. uh, let's yeah. go, ahead and, go ahead, Kim. No, I, I agree with you. Um, and it is, it, but it is fun because we are doing this as a lifestyle, you know, things mm -hmm. to, you know, things that you enjoy and, and make things, you know, and, and have, and have fun with it. So, um, then it, you know, that is, <laughs> uh, 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 that sparked my interest when I saw the keto bread out there, but I know, um, I would probably have a loaf with my <laughs> Kerrygold butter. So, but yeah, so keep looking and have fun. Um, Capella's is at Whole Foods too, you know. Mm -hmm. of course, nice bit of cheese. I believe they have a pizza crust as well. They have a pizza crust. They have uh, lasagna noodles. They have cookie dough. They have chocolate chip cookie dough and a couple other cookie doughs that if you're looking for that sweet treat once in a while, theirs are very clean. Uh, super easy to make. It's the typical, you know, cookie dough. You just slice it, throw it on a pan. Um, and, and one of the reasons I, I tend to not really focus on these kind of products, like I, I don't go looking for another, you know, bread substitute or, you know, looking to soak and sprout the grains to make them healthier. One of the reasons I don't is because I think that's what got us in trouble in the first place. We started eating grains because there was a famine a worldwide famine and we started eating grain, which we had never eaten, that had never been a human food. And I think what we found was grains were easy. They're easy to grow, they're very filling, it's easy to have a lot of them, and they kind of took over our diet. When we were hunter-gatherers, we didn't eat them at all, and then as soon as we started eating them, we kept finding more and more uses for them different kinds of breads, pasta, cakes. It's just the grains are, they're like an easy food. And because they're easy, they tend to take over our diet. And that's where we got in trouble. And for me, I, I'd just rather not go down that path again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's go to Arkansas. Elwin, welcome to the program. 
Hello, I've been listening to you. I've called you a couple of times. You there? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you got awfully quiet. Okay, uh, just coming up with something else at the end. I've been trying, my son's an avid fan of you and a trucker. I've been trying to use recipes for almond flour and um, coconut flour, and I made some coconut flour bread the other day. It was terrible. The almond flour yeah. bread was terrible. And uh, I, so, I am, anyway, I, I am with you. When I first when I first tried the almond flour and coconut flour recipes for bread and bagels and pizza, they were horrible. Like they weren't even edible. And that's why I say they're getting better and more and more people are experimenting. But what I find, honestly, is that some of the mixes that are available, uh, Simple Mills is a good one. If you go to Thrive Market or Simple Mills is actually all over the place now. Simple Mills makes some really good mixes for like some keto style breads and no grain breads. Um, the capellas, which aren't mixes, those are like already pre-done. Um, those are good products. So we're starting to see some better products. But the one thing I will tell you, no matter what we do, no matter how good we get these recipes, you are never going to get really crunchy, chewy bread because that, that crusty crunch, that chewy elasticity, that is the gluten that causes that. In fact, when you get the artisan breads, like the really amazing French breads that are like super crusty and nice and light and airy inside, those are actually made with extra gluten. So not only do you use a high gluten flour, but then they add pure gluten in to make those kinds of breads. So once you have to get rid of the wheat and the gluten, you're never going to get that texture. So that's the one thing we have to realize. Even the best bread recipes I've had are more cake-like than bread-like. And, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, the, the bread I made uh, while he was in, it wasn't that, it was just dry, 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 dry. And, uh, the problem with coconut flour is coconut flour sucks up all the moisture. So most recipes with coconut flour in them use a ton of eggs to try to get that moisture back in. But I, I'm with you, and I found that it's just easier not to eat bread uh, because I haven't found many good substitutions. We'll be, uh, we'll be right back. Ellen, I'm going to come back to you and see if you had another question. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. We we're talking with Ellen in Arkansas. Go ahead. Was there anything else? Yeah. Um, as for diabetes, it's just hard for me 
to understand what you're saying because I've always been told, and in my family it has happened, uh, that every every other generation gets diabetes. My grandmother had diabetes, then I had diabetes. My great-grandfather had diabetes. His kid didn't have it. So it, it's jumping generations, which has to be genetic. And uh, I, I am keeping it under control, but it's just real scary. To, to My grandmother lost her eyesight back in the day when they didn't have good testing. And uh, it, it's real scary to try and do anything but take the medicine. That, and it's controlling everything. And it just, you know, it just really doesn't make any sense. And, yeah, I've cut back on breads and this, that, and the other because I can understand that. But I just don't understand what real food is, uh, the way you all are describing it. And uh, uh, the whole situation, it's, I'm trying to learn, but it's just mind-boggling. And as for wheat, now they're finding uh, paleo sites that's over 100,000 years old that have uh, bowls with ground-up wheat in it. So it's just so confusing. It is. So let's talk about real food. The best des- definition I have for real food, there's no ingredient list. That That's pretty simple. You know, a, a, a ground beef doesn't have an ingredient list. If it does, I don't want to eat it. If they've added anything to it, I don't want it. Uh, a tomato doesn't have an ingredient list. Real food. That's all we're talking about. Not something that somebody produced. Not somebody, not something that came out of a factory. Food, when we eat it, it existed in nature just like this. I can go pick a tomato off a plant and eat it. I can go cut a head of lettuce and make a salad. That's real food. And that's what we're talking about. So really, all we're talking about, for the most part, meat and vegetables and fruits. We have nuts and legumes and some other groups in there, but just real food. Uh, so don't overcomplicate that piece too much. Now, as far as diabetic, diabetes being genetic... I don't believe it's genetic at all. Um, there are st- there's still some science that you may be predisposed genetically. Well, I guess maybe I could believe that I'm predisposed to being short genetically. So what? Um, here's the thing about diabetes. Diabetes is nothing more too much sugar in your body. So if we don't put the sugar in in the first place, we can't have diabetes. That's, it's as simple as that. So diabetes, whether there is a genetic component or not, doesn't even matter. Because I don't care if the last 37 ancestors before you had diabetes, you don't have to have it. If you don't put the sugar in your body, you can't be diabetic. It's as simple as that. It really is. And we have just way overcomplicated this. And part of it is because people don't want to give up those foods. So they would rather believe their doctor. When the doctor says, oh, no, you can eat those foods. We just have to cover it with insulin to control your blood sugar. Well, this goes back to our other point about the insulin being the problem. So if if the doctor's way works, why is it that diabetics are so unhealthy? Why do they tend to be more obese? Why do they tend to lose their eyesight? Why do they tend to have diabetic neuropathy? Why do they lose their limbs? 
Why do they suffer? Why do they have a way higher occurrence of Alzheimer's and dementia? If what the doctors are doing is working, why do we have all these problems? So obviously, because they're, because they're what? Because they're not doing what the doctor told them to do. Oh, no, I know people who are. No, I know people who are absolutely strict. They monitor their blood sugar constantly. They take their medication the way they're supposed to. They still have problems, lots of problems, because controlling the blood sugar isn't the answer. The answer is not eat whatever you want and then take the drug to cover it because it's the drug that's causing the problems. So we have to eliminate the need for the insulin because the insulin is causing the problems, whether it's our own body producing too much of it or we become so insulin desensitized that we have to start giving people more insulin. It's the insulin causing the problem. So we have to stop the condition that makes us take the insulin, which is diet. Stop eating the starch and sugar and you won't need the insulin and the problems go away and diabetes goes away. It can be completely cured. Well, I've been doing that for the last five years and it's still there. So I don't believe that. If I were to look at follow you around and watch what you eat. I guarantee there's something in your diet that is spiking insulin. Well, I know I can't eat most fruits. fruits oh, absolutely not. Just tear me up immediately. Well, they also spike insulin like crazy because fructose is one of the worst things we can do. And, and technically, the fructose doesn't spike insulin as much as glucose does, but it does more damage. It creates fatty liver disease and all kinds of problems. So fruit is, should be off the table for all diabetics, except in very, very small amounts at the right time. So we do recommend a little bit higher carbohydrates amount later in the evening to help control blood sugar through the night. So maybe a half of a banana with some nut butter or a half of an apple with some nut butter or some monkey brittle or berries and whipped cream. Those are foods that should be eaten later in the evening and they will help control blood sugar. But again, there is way too much evidence. Your body can produce its own glucose, but it has to have the building blocks to do it. So you're either giving it too much glucose in the form of starch and sugar, but see, there's another problem. People are told sugar, but they're not mm-hmm. told starch. And a cup of white rice can spike insulin worse than a Snickers bar and a Mountain Dew. So what we think as is whole food, rice, wheat, whole wheat bread. Diabetics have been told they should eat that stuff. It's healthy for them. It's not. It's pure glucose to your body. So... When you say you've been eating, if you've been eating the way the American Diabetes Association tells you to eat, you will have diabetes the rest of your life. Um, I, I, I posted a recipe that the American Diabetes Association posted, and one serving of it had almost 100 grams of carbohydrates. And that was a, a food they were recommending as a treat for diabetics. And if that's the kind of food you eat, you will be diabetic the rest of your life. 
because those are the recommendations they've been giving for 40 or 50 years and the problem keeps getting worse. Mm -hmm. So if you don't put the, the stuff in your body that spikes insulin and raises blood sugar, then you can't have diabetes. It's as simple as that. Let's go to Tennessee. Jim, welcome to the program. Yeah, that me? Yes. Okay, good. Um, did you ever hear anything about uh, a, pro uh, a product called Sweet Leaf? Sweet Leaf, no, but it sounds to me like it may be a um, Stevia product. Is that what it is? Well, what it was, uh, I heard it on Fox News. It was a, a news bit that they had, and I heard it like two, three years ago. And then I never heard it again, so I uh, thought about it the other day and did a search on it. And what it is is some plant that was brought over from a different country, uh, being grown in California, and when processed, tastes just like sugar. And uh, it's, you know, a plant, so it's pretty natural. And it's uh, zero calories, zero carbs, no glycemic response, and no artificial sweeteners added to it. It's just this plant processed. Um, I'm looking at sweetleaf.com, um, which is a stevia product. Okay. Yeah, that's stevia. Okay. And, and the yeah, I don't sweet have a sweet tooth anymore. So. Yeah, sweet leaf is just a brand name. Um, stevia is all over the place. You can find, and, and stevia is one of the sweeteners I recommend. I, I really recommend we all kind of wean ourselves off of that sweet taste and not use any of these products. But if you're going to use a sweetener, stevia is one of the better. You can grow stevia in your yard. There, there's nothing right. magical about it. I mean, it's just a plant, uh, but it is natural. It, there is no calorie, no glycemic response. So um, it is a good sweetener. Again, I think we should start working our way off of all sweeteners, uh, including this one. But this is much, much better than any of the artificial sweeteners. We're going to get to a break. We'll be right back with more stuff. Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. We're going to get back to some calls. But before we do, I think we might need to talk about that glycemic response. Kim, did you have a question about it? Yeah, because I, you know, that's why I wondered, like, how, you know, did they measure, you know, if there is an actual glycemic response? Because I just, you know, I'm always leery about, you know, stevia is one of the good ones and it, better ones, they say. But just that the body responds so much to the sweetness and gets it, you know, even before, you know, it, you swallow it, it's, it's got the, you know, mechanisms in place to, you know, raise your blood sugar and do all that kind of stuff. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, you know, I, this is an area I haven't done a lot of research. I think Michael has. In fact, he just sent me a text. Um, he says they don't spike blood sugar, but they do spike insulin. The insulin so, yeah. Yeah, so that goes along towards what you're saying, is it, it's almost fooling the body, even though the, the glucose isn't present all the other signs are and the body responds. And if it turns out, and I think this is one of those areas where we're still learning a lot. You know, this is where you see Jason Fung um, has really made the big deal about this being a problem of insulin, not of blood sugar. And if it is truly a problem of insulin and anything sweet will spike insulin, then we would want to avoid any sweetness. And that's what, when I say, I think we should all try to wean ourselves off that, that craving for sweet food over time. Um, because I just think we're better off without it. Again, if we go back to looking at the way we ate naturally, at the way we ate as hunter-gatherers, sweet foods are very, very rare in nature. In fact, they're because they're so rare and because we can use sweetness as a source of energy, glucose, as a secondary source of energy, we are programmed, we are programmed to seek out sweetness. That's why we like sweet stuff, because it's so rare that any time we find it, there, as far as I know, there are no known natural foods that are sweet and toxic to us. So it was almost like a signal to our body. If this tastes sweet, it, it can't be toxic to you. Whereas bitter foods, some bitter foods we can eat just fine, but many times the bitter taste was a sign that we should not eat that. It could be poisonous. It could be toxic. But the, the sweet taste never does that. As far as I know, there isn't any naturally occurring foods that are sweet and toxic. Mm -hmm. um, Michael just sent me, a, a, again, I'm reading this. It's the artificial sweeteners that can spike insulin and not blood sugar, but the stevia and erythritol don't spike either one. So again, if we're going to do something sweet, those are the sweeteners we tend to lean towards. The erythritol is sweet, but we can't digest it. That's why we don't get a, an insulin response there. And the stevia is sweet, but there's no blood sugar spike from that either. Yeah. yeah so I, I stayed away from it because I was worried, never backed up to look. And um, that's what I just had that thought in my head that that did the same type of thing. But I'm glad to know it doesn't. Yeah. That sounds like the artificial sweeteners do. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. go to Texas. Philip, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Kevin and Kim? Are you doing all right today? I am. Uh, What's on your mind? Uh, I just want to know what you thought about getting blood and plasma. I hadn't heard you say anything about that, so I thought I'd ask. Uh, I haven't done a ton of research uh, one way or the other. Um, you know, it's interesting though, when I was in the military, I got into the habit of giving blood every time I could, uh, you know, there are certain dates and, and I always gave whole blood. I've never given plasma, so I don't know anything about that process. Um, I started doing it because 
the, the way the military would do their blood drive when, when they came around, if you gave blood, you could have the rest of the day off. That's why I started doing it. Um, I understand that. But then I found, then I found that I felt better. You know, the, the, the week or so after I gave blood, it seemed like I felt better. Um, I think that there probably are some benefits to this. You know, there are some people based on their diet and a couple other things, they tend to um, build up certain things in their blood. Iron is one. Some people are iron deficient. Some people have too much iron because it builds up over time. Um, I think giving blood can almost be like a reset. So you give the blood, if there was anything out of balance, it, it may help bring it back into balance. And then your body is forced to produce more blood, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, but again, I haven't done a ton of research. I've done a little bit of reading. Um, I do know the iron thing. Um, there t seems to be some indication that uh, giving uh, blood is good for your liver and pancreas. There seems to be some indication that it helps um, with some weight loss. There seems to be the idea that it produces, um, you know, we produce new blood cells, which those would be healthier. So I, I haven't read of any real downsides. And there seem to be some positive effects. And obviously, it's good for, you know, keeping the blood supply up for the people who need it. So, I, I Kim, have you ever heard of any downsides to giving blood? I haven't. Um, I, I know I had read before on plas giving plasma before. I think there's some complications on that, that there could be on that side. But that's a whole more complicated process. Um, but no, I haven't. I, I agree with you with the, you know, whole giving blood. If you're healthy and you can give, um, I think it just comes back to you tenfold too. Yeah. Again, Mike was texting me one of the, um, uh, I think he's a doctor that he follows, um, talks about that if you give blood and feel better, like I was just talking about, it's probably an indication that you do have too much iron and for men, especially, um, we don't have any way of getting rid of the excess iron. Um, women during their menstrual period lose a lot of blood and they lose iron. So they tend to be anemic at times if they have a poor diet. Uh, whereas men tend to build up iron and, and giving blood is one of the ways to get that back in balance. Well, I, I usually feel better after I get blood. So I just thought I'd ask. Uh, you have time for another question? Sure, go ahead. I just want to know about per diem. There's, there's two sides of per diem. Isn't there one for uh, meals and one for lodging? Uh, yes, but we'll, we'll make this really simple. If you are subject to hours of service rules, you are not allowed to use the lodging per diem. Uh, I was living out of state for a while, and <laughs> I had a regular run out of state. And I was wondering, somebody told me I could use that. Well, no, because when, when you're living out of state, you are subject to the temporary housing rules um, with temporary tax state tax home, which is a whole different uh, set of rules. But it's the hours of service rules that are going to stop you from using the uh, lodging per diem. Uh, 
Kim, here's another interesting uh, uh kind of tidbit on the blood thing. Um, Michael got it from Mark Sisson. Uh, he talks about when we were hunter gatherers, we were much more likely to be injured more often. Nothing major, but you know, cuts here and there. You're out in the wild, you're out in the woods, you're, you know, killing animals and cutting up animals and um, injuries were much more common. And when we get injured, we'd lose a little bit of blood. And if you're losing it all the time, more often now in today's society, you know, the worst we're going to get is a paper cut for most people. So it, it's interesting how when you look back again and you start to apply, how did we live naturally? What was different? You know, and we know we used to be out in nature with, you know, lots of sun exposure with bare feet. Now you think about, yeah, probably was more likely we got cut and injured more often and we would have lost a little bit of blood, you know, on a more regular basis. And it's, I'm just always amazed when we look back at how we lived and we can make those correlations. You know, I, I absolutely love that because I would have never thought to question, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, it feels good to give blood, but there's a medical. Yeah, right. I love that there's a good medical reason and it absolutely makes sense. And I never would have thought that's what I, I just love these questions that come up and the things that we learn. So yeah. thanks to Philip. Thanks to Michael for uh, looking it up and sharing. Absolutely. So I, I'm speaking of looking up. I'm looking up at the clock. And telling me we have done it again. We have uh, blown right through the entire hour. Uh, anything you want to wrap up with? No, just, yeah, everybody keeps sending your requests for the Nature Q. The, the show has been great. I loved, um, loved us doing some more time today because it just, uh, you guys are amazing. Absolutely. So get to the website. You can do the free Nutri Q. And all of the stuff in the store is in stock right now for now. Uh, monkey brittle, beef sticks, nut butter, supplements. It's all there. Check it all out. It's all at letstruck.com. Get your monkey brittle while you can because we know that never lasts. Uh, we'll keep trying to make it. You keep trying to eat it. We will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at Let's Truck.com and find us on Facebook.com slash Let's Truck.